you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sweet Victory and J-Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. Today, we are going to be talking about um, a ministry out of New York called Foster Blessings. And um, in the second segment, we're going to talk with a sister named Angela Paganelli. And she's going to talk about the ministry and outreach to foster families, which Mm -hmm. I think, again, I don't know, it just seems like it's one of those conversations where we know that there is the need for ministry in certain areas, but we don't talk about that a lot. You know what I mean? And I think um, in the area of fostering specifically, there's not a whole lot of conversation happening. I would say, and tell me your thoughts on this. I would say that there's probably more conversation happening around adoption than there is fostering. No, I agree. I agree. I think there is more conversation there. I think there is an issue of when you you talk about fostering, you know, as as opposed to adoption, I think the age of the child comes into play in in a lot of people's mind. Like, I think Mm -hmm. more people uh, want babies, you know, um, and when you think about foster children, it seems like a tougher task. Think of older kids. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think, there are a lot of families who may not just they may it may feel like they're not ready for that, yeah. and so I think you you uh, you have the the talk about adoption being more appealing, you know, because of of uh, those type of issues. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right about that, and I think there probably is not enough information in the Christian community, um, at least from my perspective. I could be yeah. wrong on this about fostering and what yeah, that entails and and what that actually um what that means and i know that yeah. uh, with the ministry hannah's heart and the program the podcast yeah. here that that gets covered um yeah. but i i think there should be more of a conversation around that i was unfamiliar and still am and that's some of my questions today yeah. kind of revolve around trying to get a bigger and better picture of the ministry that is fostering yeah excuse me, and how it can grow in the Christian community, how we can participate in caring for children who are in a time of crisis. The first time I ever heard, and and I don't know if you can remember the first time you ever heard of um, or heard the term foster or learned about foster kids or anything like that. I I remember um, being quite, quite young, probably nine, eight, somewhere in that age Mm -hmm. range. And we had a family friend that had foster kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember getting together with the family and us all playing together. And you know how you hear adults talking and they're like, these are their foster kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you're eight or when you're nine, they're just kids. Like yeah. we're just playing. Like we, it didn't it didn't change the way we played. Like we all just played. But here was when it hmm. sort of became something that. Um, was a little bit more jolting. 
when the next time we got together with that family and those kids were not there? Yeah, I, I think that in my experience, there's been like a almost a negative thing associated. I'm talking about when I was younger mm-hmm. of, of foster kids. Like it seemed like that was like, a, you know, that was some type of negative uh, feeling surrounding it. But I also think, yeah. um, you know, the Bible talks a lot about you know, adoption. So I think mm-hmm. in a church, we have to have our minds changed to understand that this is, you know, a great opportunity to to uh, uh, take care of those who are in need as well. Yeah, even like even if I, it's temporary. Even if it's temporary. And because I, I think, you know, because the Bible talks a lot about us being adopted and there's so mm-hmm. many sermons about, you know, that, you know, uh, as the, uh, the great work that can be done uh, today. I think when you talk about fostering, that's not brought up as much. Yeah, yeah, and and honestly, I think I I think this is not one of those easy to wrap your mind around yeah. type um, situations because you think about being a a temporary place for kids, man, and and you think about who usually mm-hmm. would be in that type of situation. There's some there is some type of trauma. You know what I mean? And it's an emergency situation, as I understand, in in many cases. In many cases, yeah. You know what I mean? And so I I think it's just difficult for for many Christians to understand that as a temporary form of aid, like a temporary ministry, if you will, I think it's easier for us to understand adoption because it speaks of permanence. And I think that's tough. Yeah, yeah, I think that's tough when you you think about, like, this, this child that you are... Uh, growing attached to like and you Look. you know that they could be taken away like probably will you know yeah i think that that's a hard pill to swallow for a yeah. lot of you know people like do i want to put myself through that emotion those emotions and it's like Listen, ah you know because you and i had an experience um about oh goodness m- m- maybe Oh my goodness! Maybe like ten back. years ago. It, yeah. was, it was it was a long time ago. It was yeah. a long time ago. Maybe longer than ten. Um, yeah. Yeah, thirteen years ago. It was thirteen years ago because Mariah was three, and she's now sixteen. So a while back, uh, she was at a preschool, and at this preschool, there was all of a sudden a need for a family to to take a three year old boy, whose whose mom had abandoned him, and. I just, I was like, we can do it. We can do it. I remember coming home and telling Mm -hmm. you, I've just been made aware. There's a three-year-old little boy. He's Mariah's age um, and he needs a family and, you know, we can, we can do it, you know? And you were like, whoa, hold on a second. Like, you know, and, and then, and then I said, Will, you, you have to meet him. You have to come and see. And you, and, and you and I started to quickly adjust to this idea of, Mm -hmm. okay, Sure. Yeah. We'll take this little boy. We'll we'll do this. And the next day and and I'm I'm sharing this to show how in this small to me, it was a feeling of loss. Right. Mm -hmm. This small feeling of loss. And you multiply that when you have families who actually do take in children Mm -hmm. and then they take care of them for a little bit and then they have to um, give them back or give them to maybe next of kin or something like that. But that's what happened in this situation. We were set. We. We're like, okay, yeah, Lord, we can we can help, we we can respond, and so we're like, okay, we will we will take the boy, mm-hmm. we will help, and and then we learned 
no, there's a family member who's who's going to come and take the boy. Mm-hmm. Which in your mind, you're like, okay, that is better. I know that is better. But the rea- can I just, and, and you and I talked about this for a while after, <laughs> I almost felt like he was taken away from me. Like just in that <laughs> second, in my mind, I'd already welcomed him into our home. He was all, like, in my, this is so, I know, I know people. That's why I have to be married to somebody like Will. <laughs> in my mind, he already became our son. Yeah. So I cannot imagine, and and I'm hoping that as we have this conversation today, that Angela will help us to understand the ministry that is fostering because it really does seem to me, just from the outside looking in, that it you have to be emotionally prepared to be separated from kids. You have to be prepared for that. I don't know. And I'm seeing a few people on our chat, you know, if you want to... Watch the broadcast, you can, just uh, on Facebook or YouTube. But they're saying, like, you have to have a, it's a special calling or there are so many considerations before you even. So it's not something Mm. that you should just uh, lightly weigh, you know. It's it's like, like, man, it has to be weighed heavily, like, before you go in and, and, and do it. So... I, and I can see how, because there's a lot of emotions mm-hmm. there. And then, like you said, there may be some issues, you know, on the other end, you know, or trauma and things like that. You have to be ready. And if you have children um, already, you know, yes. and you're doing, you're you're bringing someone in, you know, yes. to your home. Yes. So I'm, I can imagine there are so many different variables, but, uh, but yeah, some, someone was saying it's a special calling and, and I yeah. can see that, you know, I, I think this is going to be a really good conversation because I think it's a, it's an opportunity for us as members of the body of Christ to understand what different ministry opportunities may exist for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when, when you think of a kid who is abandoned, you, we don't really, th- and I don't mean to say lightly, like throw around this term, but we don't really use the term orphan today Mm. but the bible does the bible does and the bible speaks of caring for orphans right Mm -hmm. and so i think that what we call fostering may and and maybe i'm being too limited in that understanding but what we call fostering today Mm -hmm. might biblically be described as care for orphans Mm. just caring for those who don't have parents and this again i think this is the type of behavior that once was a mainstay or um, just characteristic of the church without explanation. I'm thinking about you know George I mean? Mueller, even, you yes. know, uh, man, yes. like <laughs> what yes. God used him to do yes. and his great faith of, great you know, example. just believing yeah. God for the resources. Yeah. Man, there were many children that, you know, uh, he provided homes for, like an orphanage and, and things like that. And, you know, so, yeah, within the Christian faith, definitely mm-hmm. that's something that's been at the forefront. And so who knows, you know, maybe after today's conversation and um, us learning a little bit more, maybe this becomes something that, again, the Lord uh, reacquaints us with his expectations of his bride. Mm. You know, like this is just something that it it should not be revolutionary. I know that we've got several colleagues who foster mm-hmm. and there are different times when in that process there's a you know, sort of a an SOS that goes out. Mm-hmm. We need we need this clothes for this age. Do do you have this for that? You know, yeah. and because it's an emergency situation, but what are we tasked with in those situations? It's really to be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ, like to to serve the Lord by serving those that are around us, those that we can see. Right, we serve them, and in so doing, we are serving the Lord. I you know I don't know. Um, 
I don't know what the numbers are, and maybe Angela has some of these numbers, but I don't know how many kids are in foster care. I don't know what the needs are. But one of the things that I know that her ministry focuses on Mm -hmm. is responding to the needs of the families who who agree to to foster. Yeah. And and again, man, that's ministry. (laughs) Those are things that you don't think about. Yeah. Um, The great need that the family has who says, I'm going to open my door. I'm going to provide a home and and then kind of in some instances just doing that from scratch, you know, mm-hmm. not really having anything, but just saying I'm willing and I have a home. So we're going to talk about that and I'm looking forward to it. Before we go to the break, though, yeah. I want to make sure to include this is great news. Um, we are now looking at, I want to say, the seventh state to pass legislation protecting kids. And we talk about this so much. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that this kind of grows into one of those um Situations where if you're living in a state that is not protecting children, yeah. that you you put the pressure on, the that pressure you start to on. feel like, hey, yeah. what's wrong with our state? You know, right. uh, right. South Dakota Governor, this is a, a Christian Post story here. Uh, South uh, South Dakota Governor Christy Nome has signed a bill into law that bans sex change surgeries and experimental puberty blockers for children and teens who struggle with their sexual identities. Mm. Um, this is great, yeah. and there need to be more states doing this. Um, let me. I have the others here that have also done this. Utah mm-hmm. um, was the last, I think, before South Dakota. But Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Texas mm. um, have all done this, taken steps to protect children, to say that minor children are not developmentally able to make these types of decisions. Informed consent does not exist for them at that age. And mm. we've always understood mm. this. We've always known it. And so kudos to those states. And I just, I look, my own state, we're working on some things here. Mm-hmm. Um, a few weeks ago, I, I was down at, at our state capitol, yes. sort of, we had to move it inside. But I was there uh, lending my voice and my conviction that children need to be protected. And yes. every lawmaker all across this country needs to be on notice that if you don't protect children, you don't have a job. Yeah. Like this is where and and, <laughs> and please understand, this is where the church serves um, loudly. You say, here is what is right. Here mm. is what is wrong. Mm. OK. And then we say and we don't vote for people who do what is wrong. That's right. <laughs> and and then we we get back off the wall. Like we don't have to, you know what I'm saying? Like we don't yeah. have to stay there and like try to like mix it all. No, but here's here's what we say. This is right, this is wrong. If you will do what is wrong, you will not have a job. We will do our best to see that you don't have a job. All right. Um kudos to South Dakota. We'll take a break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Everybody is becoming something. We're all becoming what we behold. Everybody wants to find their purpose. Everybody wants something more. Cause if I'm gonna be more of anything, I just wanna be more like you. If I'm gonna be more of anything, I just wanna be more like you. If I'm giving my all to anything. Welcome back. This is Erin the Addisons on American Family Radio, and we sure do appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's like you, Aaron Cole, Tarn Wells, and Toby Mack. 
Sweet Victory and J-Mac on tap to help us navigate the show, and they have gotten our guest on. I am going to introduce her, and then hopefully you'll enjoy listening in on this conversation about the ministry that is available to um, children, but -hmm. also families that are fostering. So I kind of want to look at both, and I hope that we'll be able to do that with the time that we have. Angela Paganelli, uh, the founder of Foster Blessings and creator of Fostering Conversation Support Group, is also the author of the upcoming book, Foster Blessings. She hosts a podcast, Fostering Our Faith, and she's no stranger to the system. She spent her entire teen years in foster care, and now she's a biological mom to three adult children and has fostered over 20 children. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's an adoptive mom of four, including two with special needs So her expertise and experience in this area is quite extensive. And I'm really glad that we get the opportunity to just kind of have a conversation about this and learn in areas where uh, we just don't know and be encouraged and provoked toward living a more faithful life as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Angela, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I am actually really great. Thank you guys for this interview. This is absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad to get to talk with you and just learn more about the ministry that the Lord has entrusted to you and to also hear uh, some of your testimony. Could you maybe weave that into uh, maybe a longer form introduction of yourself to our audience? Absolutely. Uh, So I can tell you that I got engaged to Valentine's Day 18, y'all. It feels like yesterday. I'm a wife um, and mother to seven, as you said, biological or adopted out of the four to our um, special needs. And I have been a home mother for over 15 years. And two of my girls are estheticians and my son is in the military. So homeschooling moms, you can do it. <laughs> it's entirely <laughs> it, It's totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I am the founder of Foster Boss, which is a foster care based out of Evangelical Church in Clinton Corners, New York. My husband fostered over 20 children, or seven and a half, eight-year tech with, uh, with the um, county. And one of those children sparked an idea that just has way beyond any I could have dreamt. It was late at night, and a little girl's girl was dropped off to us. And she was very traumatized to her mother. She was past the crying. She was now at the point where it was just like heaving, right? And there's just no more tears of that. Mm. So we kind of kept the lights low and, you know, she wouldn't go into a crib. So I sat with her in our living room, kind of, you know, rubbing her hair and singing to her down. So the next morning, off the windows and the light shining through and I looked down and her hair is filled with bugs. It was lice. Mm. And wow. just... So much lice. The clean very quickly <laughs> picked her up, put her on the stool, gave her a cookie, and then just started frantically making phone calls to Dutchess County Services and her pediatrician. A friend of mine was actually like a like a lice expert, and she had like all of this like. Did we lose Angela? I think we may have. I was kind of concerned because the connection was not the best, I and and back. I feel like we were maybe missing some of the things that she was uh, trying to communicate there. I will say this and, and I don't, I don't want to run with the story. Yeah. Um, but, but I do know that what she's building to is the realization that foster parents need help and sort of the birth of this ministry. So as soon as we get her on, 
uh, and can get her reconnected. Yeah. That'll be really good to be able to to finish out that story. Willie Gray, I you know I thought about this after the fact, and I, I should probably have uh, warned you that I was going to ask you about this. Mm-hmm. But have you thought about I guess from time to time that one opportunity that we had, and kind of thought about what it would have meant for our family to bring someone else in? Um, mm-hmm. We didn't really know what we were getting into. No, not at all. And I, <laughs> and I think you know, man, the Lord is wise. God is wise, and yeah, He understands. He you know, um, sometimes our our heart is to just to do certain things, and it may not be the right time for us to do it. You mm-hmm. know, and so I fully trust the Lord in that. But yeah, I've thought about it. But and I look back now at you know uh, our family now, and I just wonder what it would be like to to, yeah. to foster now. You know, mm-hmm. I I just. I don't know. I don't know because I, f- I feel like we're to the max <laughs> with <laughs> with the children that we have, you know, in our home. And, you know, and I know it's not for There's everyone. There's room for I, more. I know. Well, I know it's not for everyone, but you know. Right. <laughs> but you know, yeah, yeah, that's something. And I can see once again, and maybe we, if we get her back on, we could talk about you know the considerations in 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 doing this because if you have children, which it sounds like they have, you know, and some foster children, you know. Um, you can you can do it, you know, and yeah. it, but it may be there's some challenges like like anything else, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's good, and I'm glad that we're gonna have this conversation with her. I hope that we can get her on uh, soon because I don't want to eat into too much of what we're slated to talk about with me telling what it is that she does. I'm trying I'm trying <laughs> desperately yeah. to avoid doing that. Do we have her back on? Not yet. I think we're still working on it. Okay. So then I'm gonna start sharing okay. what well, happened yeah. in this account so that we just don't have dead air. <laughs> um, so she, in her testimony, she's got this girl that she brings in and has had lice so frequently that she doesn't respond to any of the treatments. Mm-hmm. And so literally she's got to pick lice out of her hair, mm-hmm. like one by one, she's got to wow. go through and, and pick these lice out of her hair. And what happens through that is a family um, brings them a meal while they're going through this process. And that's where the light bulb went off for Angela, that she realized this is what families need. It's not so much the you're doing a great job by giving these kids a, a home or a place, but it's a it's a practical response to the need of a person who puts yeah. himself or herself in the situation to serve. But it is the reality is that it's stressful. I yeah. think sometimes we think that when we are serving, Right. When we are doing things for the glory of God to be sure that it's supposed to just be easy and that we're not supposed to have any additional needs or anything like that. But the reality is, is that when when we put ourselves in situations where it's difficult, Mm -hmm. we need the body of Christ who may not be called to that. And that's that's another something that I want to focus on today. We may not be called to that specific ministry, but we can still come alongside the people who are called to that and help them and provide the support that they would need yes. in that situation, yes. which I think sometimes we overlook because if it's not our ministry to foster or if it's not our ministry uh, to outreach to the homeless, like you recently had a conversation about that, we may think that there isn't anything else that we can do, mm. but we can come along those alongside those who are called to those ministries. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the body of Christ, you know, um, because we don't all have that same function. You know, it's not the same. We don't all do the same things, but everything is is joined together for the glory of God. And I think if we would see ourselves 
you know, as a, a part of the body of Christ and not trying to be, you know, envious of what somebody else does or, you know, how they do this or that, you know, but God has something that he desires for, for us to do, you know, man, a lot of things would get done because yeah. everybody would know their, their part, you know, uh, just like when we were missionaries, mm-hmm. you know, there weren't people, there were not many people who could not uh, be on the, the mission field, mm-hmm. you know, but they gave support, you know, yeah. and it was, yeah. they were as much a, a part of that as we were, you know, like so th- sharing in the fruit of that. Yes. Yes. Yeah, sharing in the blessing of that. And I, I wonder if that is, that also kind of comes into play when we think about fostering families that you may not be called to foster, because just as some of our listeners already pointed out, this has really got to be something that the Lord calls you to do, that it's, it's not something that, which anything that we're doing, we should really be called by the Lord to do it. But there are some things that are easier. You know what I mean? That you would just say, yeah, I could do that. And so it almost seems like a default is to do it. But this really does seem like one of those things that you've got to be called to do um, because of how difficult it is, how emotionally draining it is and how involved it is. But I think the blessing, realizing that it's a blessing to serve those families who are called to do it Mm. and who are doing it and realize that there is a blessing in return for you as well. Yes, definitely. And man, the, the the thing is, ministry, man, it's wide open for all of us. Like there there are so many different ministries. You know, I'm I'm gonna be talking to someone tomorrow about fitness. You know. Oh yeah. Now I like are, fitness. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So that's yeah. something that but you have people who are able to coach and able to show you how to do it right and how to eat, you know, all that stuff. And it's, we look at things like that. And I know, you know, physical exercise only is so much good. You know, we, we, we go towards godliness. That's the preeminent thing. But at the same time, we have people in the body of Christ able to do different things and we should utilize that. You know, I, I feel like when we uh, either feel like it's all in us or that mm-hmm. we can't really, you know, glean from anyone else or certain things are not valuable, we lose. Yeah. <laughs> we lose yeah, as, as the body. So I think we may have her on. Man, I'm here. telling you, look, because I was struggling. I didn't want to tell her story. Like, right. I don't want to I don't want to share her testimony. <laughs> and and which was like I showed a lot of self-control and a lot of restraint because I feel like then she'd get on and be like, well, what did you say? Um, <laughs> everything that I had at hand. And so anyway, we didn't do that. Angela, are you there? I am. Yes. Hopefully this one, hopefully this works. Okay. okay. I really, Sounds I hope better. so. I think, I think this is going to be um, a really engaging conversation. So I want to make sure that our listeners can hear you. Um, let's go back to where you were. I did share a little bit. I did kind of finish that story just a little bit because, you know, live radio. <laughs> so, so, but, but it's okay if you repeat, kind of pick up where you were um, with this one little girl who comes into your home and she's got a problem here and you literally have got to pick lice out of her hair. Um, but then something happens that I think where you're going is at the birth of this ministry that the Lord kind of put on your heart. Right. So um, when we were nitpicking, we would do it outside in the light. And my neighbor saw us, and she brought us dinner. Mm. And I said, that's kind of genius, because the church shows up for conventional families, right? I mean, there's meal trains, there's baby showers, there's, mm-hmm. how can I help? How can I help? Right. But I saw our neighbor get a foster baby, her first child ever, and it was kind of crickets. And I was like, well, that's mm-hmm. not okay. Um, so I went to our elder board and I said, listen, you know, these families that have nine months to prepare, we are behind them 100%. 
let's be behind the foster parents who have two hours to take oh, in man, that's a good. child, three children. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and our, our elder board is awesome, and they were like, go for it. Here's your budget. Um, and that's where it started with just, this was pre-COVID, so 2019, and we made 30 meals in two hours, put them into the freezer, and those meals were gone within six months. Wow. And then we added another component um, because I was in care. And it's just so funny. One of the first nights that we were in care, my sister and I had spinach and salmon. So we kind of looked at each other like, we're going to die here, right? We're going to starve. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> and so uh, we added in a pizza component where pizza is delivered the first night that children are, um, are placed into a foster home. Hmm. Angela, do you think that your experience in so do you do, should I say in care or in foster care? Like, is that is it offensive if I say foster care? Oh, no. I mean, it's all the same. I just okay. say in care to shorten it because we, you know, it's a high topic okay. in my life. Sure. Um, no, but, of course. Yeah, foster care. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just didn't want to be insensitive. This is something that really, as I was as I was reading the background and preparing for today's show, I thought, you know, I, I really don't know a whole lot about foster care at all. I don't know um, what the current system, I'll put in quotes, looks like. I don't know how many children are in foster care. I don't know how, you know, families become foster families. I don't know any of that. And so it's very intriguing to me because it is also a mission field. It is an opportunity for ministry and for serving. And so I'm wondering if it was your uh, being a part of the system or in foster care that birth even the the passion to foster as a family as once you're an adult right well i can tell you i cannot watch the first 10 minutes of frozen without having a breakdown hmm. uh, i was not prepared when i was in the theater i actually had to leave the theater my heart was like pounding out of my chest because i was 13 and my sister was five when we came into what's called kinship care uh, regular foster care is when a child goes to live with a family that's certified but kinship care is when you go live with a family member or a close friend that's familiar to the child. Mm. So we had been living in a battered women's shelter, and my aunt and uncle took us in because our mom went into a coma suddenly. Mm. And it was the first couple of nights pretty much were a blur, but we never slept alone. We never slept with the lights off. Like, we never really even slept in a bed. And so my aunt and uncle, who were, you know, quote-unquote normal, they were like, okay, bedtime at like 8.30. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't do this. Um, and so as we're getting ready for bed, I just went over to my sister and I was like, sleep against my wall. And so I heard her like oh. moving the dresser and like, and like we, that's what we did. We slept with that, you know, thin sheetrock between us, you know, just with the idea that we were still together kind mm. of thing. Wow. So when I see Elsa and Anna, like at the door, like I just, <laughs> I lose it because I'm like, oh yes, <laughs> that is exactly it. And, and the, parentifying of an older sibling because our mom was very very ill both mentally and physically so i raised my sister i potty trained her i fed her i clothed wow. her like i did all the things at like 10 11 12 years old where i should have been going to like school dances and you know and doing all the things that kids do but i had a responsibility and so you know the whole parentifying thing in that movie is very you know it's, it's very deep for me that you know She's not just her sister. She's she's more of her mother figure. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, 
that's that's the kind of things that you know that you just don't see in foster care you don't see the first three days you know yeah everything is new you know is that dog gonna bite me you know like oh these jamie hey angela let me jump in here we got to grab this break on the other side of the break i'm going to ask you to broaden our perspective kind of give us a big picture in addition to what you've already shared what it is that we need to understand about the ministry of fostering aaron the addisons will be right back our God is an awesome God. Yeah. He reigns from heaven above. We're going to take him there. With wisdom, power, and love, what? our God is an awesome God. Okay, Mom. Welcome back to Erin the Addisons yeah. on American Family Radio. I agree with her, the one who's singing 100%. Amen. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. That's uh, Caleb McCoy with Awesome God. Angela Paganelli, the founder of Foster Blessings, um, is our guest today, and we are talking about the ministry of min- the ministry of ministry to those who are ministering to foster kids. Mm, say that, which, Bob which is I know, which is why I didn't come up with the name <laughs> of the ministry. I think Angela would say Foster Blessings will suffice here. <laughs> Angela, welcome back. Thank you so much for uh, sticking around with us today to help us uh, gain a, a bigger and a broader understanding of the ministry that is foster care. I think uh, I want to run a highlighter over something that you said uh, in the last segment that I think was just so, such a vivid point. I got a picture of this, that when people are preparing nine months for a child, you know, we celebrate that mm. and we encourage them. And the baby showers are a celebration, but they really are very practical. Like they are, how do we meet the needs of these parents? Like that's what we want to do. We want to celebrate, but we want to meet those practical needs. I'm not sure that we often think about that when um, a person is fostering a kid. I think we even think about that when they're adopting, but we don't think about that when they're fostering. And, And that kind of fuels the ministry of foster blessings. Tell our listeners the extent of this ministry, what is it that you guys do in addition to food? What else is offered to fostering families? Um, So it started off with the meals. Uh, Day one, we provide pizza for the family that is taking in the children. And then day two, using multiple churches in our area, we have um, freezers stocked with, well, now it's Sam's Club meals. And the Italian inside of me is like, oh, right? Like, but it's okay. It's no longer home-cooked meals. It is Sam's Club. Um, and paper plates, plastic forks, all for no prep, no cleanup meals, all delivered right to the foster family's door, depending on which close, which church is closest. And we also have now what's called treasure boxes. And inside of these treasure boxes are age-appropriate toys, uh, you know, slime, squishinals, bomba socks, hygiene items, wonderful things like that. And each child is presented with that box. And that box is not just for them to have stuff. It's also because when they come into the home, they come in with things that are theirs. And that box is a perfect place to keep just what is theirs. Mm-hmm. And there's a little spot where they can write their name. And it's just, it's just their personal space. Um, one of our latest endeavors is Janice McDaniels, the author of The Knitting Way, started a sub-ministry called Project Cover Me, where she collects and creates blankets for the kids that we Send out to, and you'd think it's just little children, but it, the big kids love it too. It's 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 amazing the comfort that a blanket brings. In fact, one little girl lost her blanket in our county, and there was like this huge search for it until it was found. Um, that's how like they they cling to these blankets, and each blanket has a message on it that says, "We're praying for you." You know, mm-hmm. we were praying as this blanket was made, as this blanket was bought. You were being prayed for even before mm-hmm. we knew you existed, and so it just brings that that hope that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because I, I can tell you, I was a teenager, right? I'm 13 years old. I, you know, skip ahead a little bit. My mom has now passed away. Mm. And I'm sitting in science class, and they tell me to put up my hand, and on my hand on the side is a bump, and that bump proves that I'm getting a sixth finger and that evolution is true. <laughs> and in that moment, I lost all hope. Like, it just went right out the window. Wow. I'm, a crea- I'm not created. I'm, I'm a bunch of cells. That's, you know, that's all I'm – what purpose is that, right? And so fast forward, I'm getting arrested. I'm on pins. I'm in psych wards. I'm in therapeutic foster homes. I'm just all over the place because, again, that hope is lost. And I end up at a school for troubled teens, as they call it. And I finally heard the message. Mercy came running, was playing. And I did not walk down the aisle. I ran down Mm -hmm. the aisle because this sermon was all about how God will not leave us an orphan. And that's what I was in that moment. My mother had kidnapped me from my father when I was two years old. And so when she passed away, all ties to my, you know, maternal and paternal existence were gone. And so I just, I ran down the aisle. And I remember standing up and just, I didn't know what was different. I just knew that, like, this was going to be different. This is what I've been looking for. And, um... Yeah, so that's that's my Christian testimony. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but foster blessings is is the thirteen year old me, who has the church show up in her living room, and she hears wow. them praying for her, and she hears them bringing her, or she sees them bringing things, and I smell something in the oven because they've brought me another meal, and yeah. like, oh, guess what? We're going to see you next week because it's movie day, and we're going to stay in your life, and then we're going to have an adoption party for you when you're adopted because we're. Still going to be in your life, and mm-hmm. so every step of the way, the church has been intervening, 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 and I can't get away from it. Wow, <laughs> it's, wow. it's coming after me, Amen. and so that that to me is foster blessings. That's what it's all about. That's is, amazing. Is my thirteen-year-old son intersecting it's amazing. With the church. It makes me. It makes me wonder how much more um, we, as members of the body of Christ, how much more we need to understand about the the traumatic experiences of some of the kids who just kind of fall under this this one um blanket term you know foster care and and we think we know it's they are coming into someone's home possibly for a limited amount of time maybe some of them will eventually be adopted but i think what you've done is painted a picture of how involved this ministry has to be we as members of the body of Christ, when we show up, we show up meeting the needs of the total person. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're talking about the eternal needs, but we're talking about those temporal felt needs as well, which often open the door for us to be able to say, here is why I'm doing this. Uh, let me tell you about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And that's exactly like I always say, we bring the stuff that we do. We bring the stuff. But more importantly is that we're bringing hope. Mm. Right. We're bringing more than just pizza. Right. We're bringing Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Right. Mm. There's there's plans for you, kid. Like this. This is just a rough patch. But there yeah. are plans that God is laying out for you. And and once you start to see that unfold in your life and then, you know, and I just I just think about the people on our team who pray, because between all of our churches, we have some serious prayer warriors. Mm-hmm. And I just picture that those children hearing. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And and what that does to your to your brain, to your mind, when you say, wait a minute, this is different. Right. There, there's something different here. And so and I never really saw foster care as ministry until we started it. And I realized that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And it's not just ministry to the kids. It's to the social worker. It's to the judge. It's to the lawyers. It's everybody involved will see this is you're handling this different. Right. We got to bring a little baby home. We had him for a year and a half. 
and the joy that we felt bringing him home, but then, you know, the grief that we felt, you know, seeing the crib when we got home. But we were able to testify for that parent in, in open court and say, listen, I think they can do it. I really do. Now, I wow. could have been selfish and be like, no, 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 we want to keep this baby. He loves us so much, you know. But that's not what God had for that baby. And so we, you know, each child was different, but it is a ministry. And mm-hmm. it's a ministry to just so many people in the system. Can we talk about the logistics of um, the the foster blessings ministry? Like, so getting the food and getting the uh, felt needs met of of these homes, of the parents and the children, because you're meeting both sets of needs, the parents and the children. Um, How do you guys carry that out? And then, and, and I'll tell you where I'm going with this, because I know that there may be some of our listeners listening all across the country who go, you know, we hadn't thought about this before. Um, we're a part of a fellowship here that we we could focus on this as a ministry. How do we begin to execute this? What does it look like? How do you guys logistically carry out this ministry? So I say we're opening up branches in, in different areas right now. And what I say is what you need is a freezer, a love for people, and just some kind of connection at your family services. Mm-hmm. Because family services are the ones that get our, our families to us. I mean, it's through social media and things like that. But really, you know, we're, we're, tra- we're talking about all the training classes and things like that. And so it, it gives a huge platform, I can tell you that. But the main part of this is, um, is really getting a freezer and then filling it with, you know, five, ten meals, whatever. And then you just have, I mean, our church is very tiny. Our town is very tiny. <laughs> tiny little Clinton Corners. Uh, we have, like, 50 members in our church. But if you have 10 people on the delivery team, you know, and you say, okay, hey, can you do a delivery tomorrow at 5 o'clock? You know, then you have 10 people who are able to say yes, right? And we have two churches because our county is pretty big, so we have a church on each end. So we have about 30 people between the two churches. And that's all it is. It's just a text. And then they go to the church, and they put the stuff into the bags, and they take it to the family. And it's, it's very streamlined. It's very easy, but it's very effective. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's where I think it's, it's you know— and personally, it's weird because we've gotten babies and, you know, I get a foster blessings delivery and I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> you know, like pizza's there and I don't have to cook for two nights or clean up for two nights. I get to focus on like, you know, being with the kids and bonding with them. My husband's building beds and, you know, all the things that you have to do in those first couple of days. And so that, that's where we say is like James 127 doesn't mean take every child into your home. It means mm-hmm. the children that are being placed in homes, you just be in their world. You know, be there supporting them, be there for the families. And so I know the whole, it's a, it's a popular phrase in the foster care world, but not everybody can foster and adopt, but everybody can do something. And foster mm-hmm. blessings gives legs to just that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So for our listeners who have not considered um, fostering before or hadn't considered the, the ministry opportunity that is there, Tell us something that we need to understand about foster families like today, like right now. Like what what is it that we have not understood about foster families? Do is there a desire for people outside of their home to come in with this kind of help and this kind of care? Or is this more of a private situation where there can't be a lot of attention brought to it? Because I'm just, I, I think practically here, right? And I think so if someone learns that a kid is being fostered or, you know, there's a need, does that family necessarily want members of the church to show up with, with food and with, you know, I don't know, blankets? Like, how, how, do, how do we 
how do we see that? Yep, I, I totally understand your question because it's the same one I've asked. And this is how it goes. Um, foster parents sign up, we take the classes, we do all the things, and we're expecting the phone call. Support is always nice. A huge part of Foster Blessings is getting families who are in the same boat together. We have many events throughout the year that we hold, and so it's really about getting families to say, oh, hey, I'm in the same boat. For example, one of our moms texted me, and she's like, hey, it's Mother's Day. Can I send a card on the visit with the child to say, hey, happy Mother's Day? Mm. You can't just ask your best friend that, right? They're not going to know. And so I was like, sure. And we sent Thanksgiving dinners. We sent Christmas presents. We sent everything on visits. We're like 100% with the family. Mm. And so it's those kind of questions. It's that kind of support that they're, that they're looking for. And so DCFS does a really great job of they offer us. And there are some foster families who are like, nope, I got this. I'm good. You know, they're just self-sufficient and whatever. Mm. And then we have other families that we hear from constantly. And they're like, I'm drowning. I don't know how to do this. Like, mm. court's coming up. What does this term mean? You know, and so it really depends on the family. Um, and also, when we think about, uh, like I said, the different types of like foster versus kinship. Now, kinship was not expecting to get that phone call at 9 o'clock in the morning. Hey, do you want a really troubled 13-year-old and a 5-year-old who's probably going to set your bathroom on fire? Do you want to raise them? Wow. They were not seeing that. They did not see that coming. And so right. my aunt and uncle who did that were like, you know, they were retired. They had raised their own children. They were done. Like, they were ready to go see the world. And we ended up on the doorstep, and they said yes. So a lot of our families are kinship families because this came out of left field. And then you have to think, okay, this is a kinship family. That means that somebody in their world, a son, a daughter, a cousin, a grandkid, somebody is now in jail. Somebody is on drugs. Somebody mm. is abusing your grandkid, wow. your niece, your nephew, whoever. Yeah. So not only are you losing that relationship, you're now you're like a step above. And now you're not grandma, you're mom. Now you're not Aunt mm. Katie, you're mom. And it, it's a very different dynamic. And they're like, help. <laughs> we, were not, we didn't see this coming. Um, so, so a very good portion of our, of our families are kinship. Um, I would say maybe 70, 30, uh, 30 being regular standard foster families. Um, but because Obama instituted the year and a half mark years ago, where kids really are not supposed to languish in foster care more than a year and a half now, it has, and he really pushed towards kinship. He, and there's a whole division now within social services just designed when a child is removed to find kinship. Like that is their job is to find somebody that the child knows that they can go to. Um, so I think that's a, a shift as well, because that's where the focus is now. Mm -hmm. Angela, how can our listeners learn more about your ministry, what you do, maybe even if the Lord is stirring their heart that they would want to replicate that where they are? Uh, how can they contact you and learn more about what you're doing? Uh, so there's going to be a QR code that you guys put out, and that will have on there um, all of our contact information. And uh, really, Instagram is how we get word out. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. But um, they just, I don't seem to be slower than Instagram. We have much more traction there. So if you ever wanted to reach out, you could reach out through Messenger on Instagram. Our phone number is on the, on the QR code. And um, any, really any way that you want to get in touch, I have a Calendly on there where you can, you know, schedule a half an hour during nap time. <laughs> so it's quiet. <laughs> um, and I can, you know, answer any questions that you have. Um, but we're always looking to get this into other churches, you know, and, and just because 
really it's just one one church per county unless it's a larger county you might need to work with another church but um and i can tell you it's like it's very easy it's a very easy ministry and the lord just blesses it like nobody's business well mm-hmm. i think we can see biblically why we yeah. I, I think we could see why this would be something that the lord would superintend and that he would bless angela thank you so much i really do appreciate you taking some time out to um to provoke in us like true like faithful living I, I think so many of these things we've just lost in the body of Christ um, but they were supposed to be characteristic of the Lord's bride and so I think um, understanding fostering and care for orphans is one of those things thank you so much until tomorrow Lord willing God bless <laughs>